Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. Now preparing epic handshake. Strap in folks, the nerds have arrived, bringing you the ultimate nerd podcast. Nerds, the worlds of gaming, horror, TV, and film have collided right here. This will be your finest hour. Hey, this is Christian, and this is the Amazing Nerd Show. That's right, I've finally done it. I've kicked Damon off the show. <laughs> Giving the people what they truly want, and that's more of me. <laughs> no, no, of course, um, in reality, Damon has caught the COVID, and um, his voice is pretty much destroyed right now. So we wish him a speedy recovery so that he's back on for next week. But we didn't want to leave you guys hanging, of course, so I'm flying solo for an abbreviated episode where I'll be reviewing Matthew Vaughn's Argyle and talking the latest in nerd news along with the PlayStation State of Play from this week. But before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and drop a five-star review to help support The Amazing Nerd Show. If you DM us a screenshot of your review, we will give you a shout-out on the show and send you some Nerd Show swag. Of course, as long as you live in the US. Um, also, if you'd like to get a step beyond, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find a link in our show notes. But with that said, let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors of nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. Warning, potential spoilers for upcoming shows and movies ahead. Check timestamps to avoid spoilers. You have been warned. All right, before we get started with news this week, um, there was a sad story to drop, and that was that the legendary actor Carl Weathers has passed away. Um, known for his roles in films like Rocky and Predator, along with more recently The Mandalorian, Carl has been an icon in this business and will be sorely missed. Rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Um, but all right, shifting gears first up this week, it looks like Marvel is developing a new Iron Fist project. After the return of Foggy, Karen, and Bullseye from the Netflix Daredevil series, it seems the MCU is primed to work on all the Defenders characters, as industry insider Daniel RPK claims that a project for Iron Fist is in the works and will star a female lead as Iron Fist. Now, as we recently mentioned on the show, um, the second season of Iron Fist saw Jessica Henwick as Colleen Wing you know, take up the mantle of the immortal Iron Fist. However, it's unknown if Marvel Studios has you know, reached out to her to reprise the role at this time. Personally, I thought Colleen Wing was kind of the best part of both of those seasons, and I'd love to see Jessica Henwick reprise. But again, that show was abysmal, so I wouldn't be surprised if they just wanted to, you know, scrub everything from that completely from our minds, please. But at the same time, um, you know, as we've seen from now casting for Daredevil Born Again and the recent Echo series, um, they seem to be a little bit more interested in holding on to more of that Netflix, you know, continuity than I think we ever expected. But speaking of Daredevil, some news from the set hit this week as we may have gotten a glimpse of another villain and love interest in the upcoming series which again you know spoilers ahead but in a leaked video posted on x you know by wing finn 48 who had been there for the shooting um, we were able to see a clip of what they believe is the character muse from marvel comics doing a graffiti rendition of kingpin on a wall muse was introduced in daredevil comics back in 2016 and is a serial killer who uses the blood of his victims to create graffiti murals the footage taken from you know the set shows a mural of kingpin and seems to symbolize his duality or perhaps mask as the mural shows a light and dark side to kingpin i would have have to assume that Muse will be at odds with Kingpin in this series, especially if he's doing some art like this. 
but we will see you know kingpin can manipulate just about anyone also from the set as i just mentioned charlie cox as matt murdoch was doing a scene with margarita laviva where they shared a kiss um it was previously rumored that she would be playing you know one of daredevil's love interests for this series and now we've gotten a picture of some clear confirmation here um it's also been rumored by um scooper can we get some toast that she is playing heather glenn and, and that they may have changed her origins from you know city socialite to a couples therapy for Wilson and Vanessa Fisk. In other Marvel news, we got an official release window for the animated X-Men 97 series. It is now slated to be airing in the second half of March. The series has faced several delays with it originally being set for November 2021, which I didn't even realize it's been delayed that fucking long, but here we are and here it seems to actually be coming. Um, a second season for this was already greenlit as well as Disney is, you know, trying to buff up its animated series list. As we do know that we're getting a, you know, Black Panther show and we're also getting, you know, the Spider-Man Homecoming series that has also been delayed several times. We also got more Thunderbolts casting rumors um, this week as we've gotten another update on, you know, the hunt for a new century. Um, last week, it was rumored that an offer was put on the table for Top Gun Maverick star Lewis Pullman. And well, Deadline claims that Pullman has signed on, but no word has, you know, officially come from Marvel Studios just yet. On top of that, a couple of other stars could be returning for the Thunderbolts as Rachel Weisz, who played Melina Vostikoff in Black Widow, and Lawrence Fishburne, who, you know, I totally forgot was Bill Foster in Ant-Man and the Wasp are said to be returning for their roles. Um, will Fishburne get to go, you know, full Goliath here? I doubt it, but it would be pretty fun. After all, I think almost every giant Marvel team-up film has had someone getting larger in some capacity. It was also said this week that a new Kang may have been found for the MCU. Uh, Daniel Richmond claims that Marvel Studios is looking at Tenet star and more recently the creator star, um, John David Washington for the role. While this is only a rumor, I think Washington would be a great fit for this role. Um, having seen him go from Black Klansman to, you know, Malcolm and Marie, with Zendaya, he's shown some great range when given, you know, the right script and direction. So I could easily see him pulling off kind of that similar menace that we saw in Jonathan Major's um, He Who Remains performance. But again, this is probably going to be a long process um, and we're going to probably get a lot of names. Um, I believe Coleman was the last one that people were really thinking that was going to get the role. It's probably going to be a while, so we'll probably get a lot more speculation going forward. Over in the DCU, um, we got another update for Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. As out of the speculated candidates from last week, Millie Alcock from House of the Dragon fame has been selected to play Kara Zor-El in the DCU as reported by Deadline. As we know, a Supergirl film will be in the works, but it's also been rumored that the character will appear in Superman Legacy that should be nearing production um, this spring. Millie was my top choice last week after her powerful performance as Princess Rhaenyra in the Game of Thrones spinoff, so I'm excited to see her with some you know, full superpowers in the DCU. Over in horror, we got another potential star joining the cast of The Last of Us as Daniel Richmond's source claimed that Catherine O'Hara of Schitt's Creek fame is being looked at for a new character named named Gale in season two of The Last of Us. They are also saying that the part is a three episode gig, but no official word has been put out on what this new character is all about. Um, the first season of the show did a fantastic job of adding new elements and changes that only amplified the story overall. So I'm excited to see you know what new characters and directions the second season can play in with this much larger story of The Last of Us 2. There's plenty of room for them to kind of stretch this out if they wanted to make it multiple seasons just in that second game. 
There's also been some updates for a couple of the other highly anticipated series um, like Wednesday and Stranger Things coming for Netflix, as both are looking at delays, most likely into 2025. In a preview for 2024, it was noticed that the second season of Wednesday was not listed, with Deadline also reporting that the filming isn't set to start until about April, so the series most likely isn't coming this year. This is also the same for Stranger Things Season 5 as well, as production was also hit hard by last year's strikes, but no one should be all that surprised by this. Um, Jenna Ortega has been you know, busy working on Beetlejuice 2, so it's should be expected that delays for Wednesday were coming. Which actually, we also got a release date for Beetlejuice 2 this week with a poster officially showing the date for September 6th of this year. Lastly, there was an update for 28 years later as THR this week reports that Sony has won the bidding rights for the sequel and will be producing the film with Danny Boyle and Alex Garland. And it seems they will be joined by actor Killian Murphy, though he is set for an executive producer role at this time. Uh, but I wouldn't be too surprised, you know, if he comes back for a cameo as well. Um, he was the main character of the first film, so it's only fitting that they wanted to do something with him. But it was also said that um, the budget for these films uh, is going to be $60 million for each one, as they are looking to make this into a trilogy. And now for the Nerds Review of Argyle. And now, our feature presentation. people real life spies why would they care about me because you're a goddamn fortune teller ellie why can't you see? when you wrote in your new book actually happened and you kicked a hornet's nest you didn't even know existed i'm in some really big trouble mom oh so now you're experimenting with drugs i want all assets on them now i need her to write the next chapter Directed by Matthew Vaughn and starring Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Sam Rockwell, Argyle is about a reclusive author who writes espionage novels about a secret agent and a global spy syndicate and realizes that the plot of the new book she's writing starts to kind of mirror real world events in real time and a whole lot more that I won't spoil here, but the film was a fun time. Definitely, you know, designed to be that kind of action film you would take someone on a Valentine's date to as it is February. And this is most, you know, seen by Sam Rockwell and Bryce Dallas Howard's chemistry um, as they worked very well together on screen while going through this whole espionage adventure. Sam Rockwell is just, you know, such an underrated actor. Um, he's so much fun in everything he does, and he completely steals every scene he's in in this film. Um, Brian Cranston is also in this. He's playing the villain, um, which I feel like was barely shown off in the trailers, so I completely forgot he was actually going to be in this, but he was also a fun character to watch. You know, getting to see him do anything evil is always fun, so I was excited for that at least. Um, the story itself is a tad bit dumb. Um, they try to play with so many of those spy movie tropes and attempt to be ironic and meta at the same time but for me that all kind of landed flat don't get me wrong um there's plenty of times where i was smiling and laughing throughout the film but there's a lot of cringe inducing moments that i just either laugh at or roll my eyes at um vaughn who did the kingsman films has very much made this one in a you know, similar style but i felt like he turned the satire level up to a whole nother notch you know if you're going in expecting this to be you know ridiculous and fun i think you'll be able to look past a lot of its flaws because in simple terms this film is just kind of dumb fun but on the other hand it doesn't take more than you know a few seconds of thought to really start to 
tear apart the entire storyline. And there's so many ridiculous twists and turns that it just gets a little too laughable uh, by the end and not in a good way. But it makes up for it in some really fun action sequences. Um, a lot of it was done practical, but the stuff that they did do CGI, um, eh, it feels like a lot of flaws that we already like overcame like 15 years ago. Um, that are happening on screen like it wasn't as bad as last year's flash or aquaman cgi wise there's just some clear moments where it's just not real people and it looks so uncanny valley and it just feels wrong you know the whole film has you know it that kind of matthew vaughn polish to it but it's just stuff that we saw like done better so many years ago that i just don't understand why we're still here like they definitely skirted around their cgi budget a bit but again if you enjoyed films like kingsman um, you'll probably get some enjoyment out of this like I did, but it's just not as good as those original Kingsman films um, and tries a little too hard at times to be funny and cute. It's got all the ridiculous action scenes you can you know come to expect from a Vaughn film and some overall good performances that make you know for a fun ride. But you just got to like, you know, turn your brain off for a little bit because otherwise you're just going to pick this movie apart and it's going to fall apart scene by scene so quickly. Uh, <laughs> and you know me, I, I'm quick to like, you know, point at things that just wouldn't work. Like, like a lot of the hacking stuff in this movie is just so dumb. But <laughs> like I, I liken this back to something I might have enjoyed maybe when I was like 12 or 13. Not as much now, but uh, you know, it, it's just that kind of simple and, you know, dumb. But if you can look past all that, um, you'll still have a fun time with Argyle. And so with that said, I'm going to be giving it a C plus. Um, is it something that I feel like you need to rush to the theaters for? Eh, not so much. I think you could wait till it starts to be on streaming. But, um, you know, if you need something to do, uh, why not? It's it's at least fun. You know, I can say that. And now it's time for Christian's Corner. This week in gaming news, we had a state of play from Sony with a large range of titles shown off, um, most of which are actually coming soon. So let's dive right on into this. Um, the show kicked off with Helldivers 2, which, you know, gameplay wise doesn't look like something I would be too interested in. But the marketing campaign for this game has been, you know, so much fun. They know exactly who they're targeting. You know, it's it's all got that Starship Troopers vibe to it. Um, however, nothing about the game you know, ever looks all that interesting enough, you know, to play. All the, you know, armor variations all kind of look the same. Um, and the worlds just kind of look a little flat. That's just my opinion. Um, this game will be hitting you um, just a few days, actually. It's releasing on February 8th. Um, so we'll have to look out for reviews and see how people are, you know, enjoying that game or not. But this was uh, followed up by a game that is all about its style and design um, in Stellar Blade, which anyone that's been following us uh, since the game's announcement has known I've been super interested in this. You know, I've been really wanting to get into more Japanese games in general. But uh, this trailer was by far the longest we've gotten as it highlights the activities you will be doing throughout your journey as Eve, whose you know, sole mission is to destroy the monsters who have taken over Earth. Along the way, you will be helping out a city of called Zion, um, the last remaining human colony. So I'm probably going to make a million fucking Zion jokes uh, from the Matrix. But yeah, this just gives me um, very much, you know, near Automata vibes uh, with 
a whole lot more color to it and i'm totally expecting some very dark twists about humanity being evil or something you know to occur in this story um the game itself is actually going to be dropping april 26th so we finally got that release date and i'm excited that it's coming out you know this spring after that we got a couple you know rapid you know trailers uh showing off sonic and shadow generations i've just never been a sonic fan so i don't care um zenless zone zero had an amv style fucking trailer um i still need them to show a bit more from that game we like the last trailer we got it felt a little bit more empty than i was expecting um the action the gameplay looks fun but then like the parts in between the fights um seem a little too simplified now that i've like had some time to sit with those last few trailers um then there was foam stars but you know not much new was actually shown off from any of those games um godzilla is also coming to uh dave the diver so if you're a fan of that game uh stay, keep an eye out for godzilla i guess uh, then we got a glimpse of v rising which i felt like it was a top-down mix between castlevania and the witcher um now i will say i'm not a big fan of top-down games unless it you know they're rts style but this had some interesting gameplay as the main character who i'm guessing is a vampire hacked his way through you know enemies in such fluid motion i'll definitely be keeping an eye on this one um you know there's always a game or two here that will change my mind um like replaced um, i'm not a big fan of like 2d side scrollers but a lot of you know them have been looking a lot more impressive lately that make me want to try them out like replaced uh, whenever that's coming out but we'll see but v rising is set to be coming out this year at least as far as they said uh up next we had konami giving us a look at their next silent hill game as they are fully invested in bringing back this franchise right now especially after all the success of resident evils you know remakes and such like that but uh this free-to-play experience looks like it's trying to capture the feel of that pt demo that we got from back when uh kojima was working on a silent hill game it's also a first person style horror experience um and you're only armed with your cell phone um as you walk through the halls of someplace i don't know exactly what it is i can't tell if it's a house or if it's like a, a like a building but there's definitely a monster that you're running into and it's chasing you and stuff like that it felt very pt but we can always learn more about it pretty soon as the game is actually fucking out already um it's free to play it's on ps5 so definitely check it out when you get a chance on top of that they gave us a preview for silent hill 2's remake with a whole lot of action shots which i feel is a lie because i spent most of my time in that game fucking running but <laughs> I digress. So far, the footage still gives me the chills thinking about, you know, being back in that haunting story. But I won't lie, I don't know if I still, you know, fully trust Konami's ability to capture the same spark that the Resident Evil remakes have done. Um, there's a lot of, you know, more nuance to the Silent Hill franchise um, that I hope doesn't get sacrificed just for, you know, some flashy visuals. But we will see um, no release date yet so far. It's still in development. I was surprised that they didn't show uh, Pyramid Head at all in this trailer. Like they like got to a point where they looked like it was about to show him. But yeah, they're, I guess they're saving that for a bigger presentation later on. Um, another game I'm looking forward to is Judas. I enjoyed the hell out of the original Bioshock game, and this is being made by that same, you know, pretty much same team. Um, I just enjoy that type of gameplay. Anything where it's like powers in one hand, gun in the other, plus, you know, this very stylized world that you're running through. Um, it's, it's just super what I'm into as a player. Uh, I can't wait till they actually show off a big chunk of the game um, at some point. I'm assuming we'll get a little bit more um, later this year but i doubt that it's coming out um by the end of this year i feel like it'll be coming out more in like 2025. after that we got a couple psvr titles um i'm not going to go through them but i will say the metro one did look impressive vr is getting better and better by the day and i just hope that it kind of will have that triple a polish to almost all the titles i feel like it's we're getting to a point where that can be easily done 
especially with how unreal it is now but anyway we had a trailer for dragon's dogma 2 um, there's been a surprising amount of naysayers for this game um, but every time i see a new trailer for this um, i become a little bit more interested in it i mean this looks like it plays like a less complicated version of monster hunter with tons of variation you know to your plan of attack on these like mythical beasts of this land now i've never played the first game so i don't know if i'm you know just misguided here but i think this game looks you know cool as fuck so i'm definitely gonna be keeping an eye on it as it drops in march um, on the 22nd uh next we got one of my most anticipated games of the year and that's rise of ronin that features what i call you know a perfect blend of ghost of tsushima and assassin's creed but with a whole lot more flair. I could see some you know, comparisons to Sekiro, but I don't think it's gonna be anywhere on that level of a challenge. Um, there were a few moments though, like in the snow where the gameplay and color didn't do all that much to impress me. But beyond that, like all the fighting sequences look very good. Um, and I'm still super interested in this game. But yeah, there was something about that snow sequence that just didn't sit right with me. I don't know what it was. It just, it looked cheaper. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but it looked cheaper than everything else. Um, I don't know what it was. It, it didn't it didn't feel right there, but everything else, you know, was right on the money of what I'm expecting from this title. Um, Rise of Ronin also comes out March 22nd. It also looks like Until Dawn is getting re-released for PS5 and PC with some, you know, slight enhancements. Honestly, it looked the exact same to me, but whatever. I'm, you know, still a fan of the experience and I'm sure um, if this is a way to bring new players to it, then, you know, who cares? You know, it's play it, it's fun. Um, and then lastly, we got the big one for the state of play, which was Death Stranding 2, which Jesus Christ, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what was going on? That was the most Kojima thing I've ever seen. Um, and the trailer is just chock full of exposition, just nonstop explaining. And yet I didn't understand a single fucking thing that was going on. You know, like there's a guy with a guitar that was also a gun and an ax fighting mechs that seemed to be under control of the baby. Machines were crying like the babies did. I, I just don't know what the fuck any of that was. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of the first game, but it seems like you're on a similar mission as that. However, based off dialogue and based off what they showed, I'm getting the feeling that, you know, this game is going to be a little bit more action heavy um, than the previous. Like I, I, you know, they immediately showed off a room full of guns. And then, you know, the first, you know, villain that they showed off is talking about how you're you know, more interested in using the stick than a rope this time around. Um, so I'm definitely feeling like you're in for more of a fight this game, which could be better, um, but I'm still just not really looking to pick this up. Uh, you know, maybe I'll check out someone else's gameplay. And if it, you know, looks like something I'd be wanting to play, then maybe I'll try it later on. But I don't know. I just don't think these are for me personally. Um, also, before they went off the air, um, we got a message from Kojima himself announcing another new IP that he's working on um, that will be an action espionage game a la Metal Gear style. So, you know, get prepared for another, you know, batshit crazy spy thriller, especially now that Kojima is fully off the leash. Um, however, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more of a movie than just a game. Like, the way that he described it was that it was an interactive movie. Um, so maybe less Metal Gear style than I thought. Um, you know, they panned out and clearly they're at a movie studio um, working on this. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, we'll find out. I mean, we we'll probably won't learn more about it until after Death Stranding 2 is finally done and, you know, on the books. Plus, we also have to remember that Kojima is also working on another horror game as well. 
uh, with Jordan Peele and others um, on the project. So it might be a long time before we actually get anything for whatever this is, unless it's going to be more just like, you know, like that Netflix, like, um, what was it, Bandersnatch? Maybe it's going to be something more like that um, than, you know, what we're, you know, expecting from a Kojima game, but we'll have to see. Um, overall, this presentation felt big, you know, a lot of heavy hitters, and all coming relatively soon. Um, like in the opening, the, the way that they described the event, it made it sound like most of these titles would probably be either around holiday or early 2025. But then we got dates, you know, for games in February, March, and April. So there's going to be plenty to do on your PlayStation this year. So it's something to be excited for. Um, I was most excited to finally have a date for Stellar Blade as they have been teasing that title for a, quite a while at this point. So I'm excited that I'll be able to get my hands on it this year. As I said earlier, I'm really looking to get into more Japanese game experience. Uh, before I close up the show, I wanted to remind you that I will be making a return to streaming this month. I'm thinking that I'll be, you know, fully up and ready by Tuesday the 13th. Um, I've been designing my OBS setup, uh, which isn't all that different from what I had going on Streamlabs, but I'm just tired of working with Streamlabs. Um, I, it's eating up too much resources on my computer, which I need to, you know, better produce streams for you guys. So it's um, hopefully OBS will be less taxing on my PC um, and I'll be able to give you guys a little bit better quality and run into less issues um, with their updates and such and such. I'm also trying to figure out, you know, still what's going to be the best days for me to do streaming. My schedule is still a little bit, you know, wonky right now. It's changed quite a bit uh, with a lot of other things in my life. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what are going to be the best solid dates to be doing streaming. But still, Tuesdays are kind of my best days to do so. So I'm probably going to, Tuesday is definitely going to be a day to stream, uh, but I want to make sure I have other days and I'm probably going to be doing more streams probably at night, um, probably later at night and stuff like that. Um, it all depends on if I'm awake. I've been getting up super early lately, which is not my usual, but I'm, I'm figuring stuff out. Um, if you guys have any advice or any ideas for the Twitch side um, of the Amazing Nerd Show, make sure to let us know. I'm also thinking about multi-streaming um, to either uh, Twitch and Kick or any other platforms that are out there that do um, streaming. So there's a lot up in the air right now that I'm still, you know, trying to hone in and figure out. But I want to make sure that I'm, you know, good to go. And I'll let you guys know for sure on next week's episode of The Amazing Nerd Show if we are, you know, going to be live on the 13th. Well, that does it for this week. As a friendly reminder, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, leave a five-star review. It really helps new listeners to find the podcast and for us to continue to grow. Also, if you like the stories from this week's episode and want to keep up to date with the show, follow us on social media at Amazing Nerd Show or stop by TheAmazingNerdShow.com. And hey, to support the show further and get additional weekly content, you can subscribe to us now on Patreon. Just follow the link in the show notes. Also, if you want to rep some nerd show swag, you can head over to tpublic.com to find t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd show swag as long as you live in the United States. All right, make sure to join us next week as we talk all the latest news and rumors in nerd culture. And whatever's going on in the world of wrestling. My name's Christian. And my name's David. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show. Turning into regular people. Nah, Stallion. Baby, you think you're changing. But you can't change what you really are. And you can forget all this money and stuff you got all around you, man, because it don't change a thing. You and me, 
We don't even have a choice. See, we're born with a killer instinct that you can't just turn off and on like some, some radio. We have to be right in the middle of the action because we're the warriors. And without some, some challenge, without some damn war to fight, then the warrior may as well be dead, Stallion. Stand by my side this one last time.